Hey buds, today we smoke two strains that remind us of Hamburger. Jake, it's hamburger. It's hamburger. 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 Okay, whatever. We cover news stories ranging from cannabis cookie crying to Conan O'Brien trying. And a conversation with Tim Turner from the Post Human Podcast. All this and more today on the Good Buds Podcast. Hamburger. Welcome to the Good Buds Podcast, the show where good buds smoke good buds and talk about them. I'm Curtis. I'm Shank. And this is episode 43, airing Monday, June 28th, 2021, on Spotify, YouTube, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and many more. Thanks for joining us. Before we start, I'd like to thank Lumenspot and My High Shop for sponsoring this episode. Check out their links down below in the description, and we'll talk more about them later. So, Curtis, how you doing today, man? I am doing pretty damn well. Um, it was interesting because last night was the uh, fireworks for a town nearby. Nice. Oh yeah, went with a couple friends. Went with a couple friends. Went with that uh, girl that I like. It was a very oh. nice time. Um, very nice. And you can definitely see tell that the uh, city's in debt. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it was a very short fireworks display. Uh, yeah, and that's uh, so what for America? What that's like forty five minutes. It's Ten minutes. Oh my god, they must really be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, a typical American display, that's like, I mean, like 30 minutes. I know, jeez. Oh, wow. We want that's... our bang bangs and our boom booms and a scoom scoom scoom. I was going to say, you want to you leave a fireworks show feeling America, you know? You know? Absolutely. <laughs> but, no, it was cool. Afterwards, me and a couple buddies went back to my place, chilled around a bonfire, waited for all the traffic to leave, because I live closest to where the fireworks were going off. Nice. And then, nice. uh, Yeah. And then different kind of fireworks, am I right? Ah, uh, nah. uh, no, and we're so Shank, how are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. How are, like I had a great day, man. Um, like I went out and did some running around. Had a beautiful, beautiful time. The weather's been great here uh, the past couple of days. Uh, we had a bit of rain, but we needed it. Um, and honestly, got some really fantastic, fantastic cannabis that I am very excited to smoke with the buds this week. Um, I'm really like it's a great strain, it's interesting, and I'm looking forward to it. But before we get into all that. I do need to remind the buds at home to check out our Facebook, Instagram, and our Twitter page for some great behind-the-scenes content that we post there all the time, and some really funny shit that we post regularly just to kind of keep everybody entertained. They can also jump on our Discord if they feel like it, so that they can check out awesome conversations where we check in daily and, you know, share some memes with us, share their opinions. We would absolutely love to hear from them, and they can check out the links downstairs to get in on that. Absolutely. We love hearing from you. We love knowing what you got to say, and we love anything that can make the show a little bit better. If you want to help with that a little bit more, you can jump on our Patreon page and donate there. We have several tiers that you can choose from, including behind-the-scenes content, exclusive for Patreon, and the ability to listen in on the show live. Links are downstairs below. It starts as low as a dollar, and if you do, you can join our other awesome patrons, such as Isaac and Mr. Benji Bills. That's absolutely right. Love you guys. Thanks so much for donating, and we do love and appreciate all you buds at home who just want to support the show for free by clicking that subscribe button or that like button. We appreciate you as well. Or can't just share them with enough. your friends. Yeah. Yeah, yeah can't express enough. We th- very, very thankful for that. So just remember to click those buttons if you can. It doesn't cost anything, but what do you think about getting into the reviews, Curtis? I agree to that. Good buds review, good buds. So what are you burning this week for the buds at home? Well, Shank, I am smoking on the one, the only, Donnie Burger. 
Uh, Wahlberger. No, I was about to say, don't get it confused with Donnie Wahlberger, even though he is my favorite of, you know, the brothers. Well, I mean, Mark is, Mark is awesome. Mark, say Ma- hi to your mother for me. Mark is cool, <laughs> but come on. Saws 2 through 4, Blue Bloods. New Kids on the Block. New Kids on the Block. I mean... The right stuff. In a I just we- did myself really hard. <laughs> currently in a weird relationship with Jenny McCarthy. Anyway, uh, (laughs) but the strain that I'm smoking is Donnie Burger. This is an indica dominant hybrid strain, originally grown by Skunk House Genetics, you know, OG created by them. This phenotype that I'm smoking on today is a fucking redemption strain from Uh, Deeper Roots Cannabis. uh, Oh, I remember them from last week. Oh, yeah. I had their strain last week. It was Grease Monkey number 10. It did not live up to a good standard. Yeah, at the same time, it was bargain basement weed. So, but this Donnie Burger, good, nice, solid strain. Even though it was lab tested at eighteen point fifteen percent THC and zero point zero four percent CBD, which a little bit lower THC, but it's still very fucking nice. The strain itself is a tightly packed, or sorry, it's a mid-sized natural-looking nug. It's sectioned off a lot too it has a lot of sub buds that you can kind of just prick off the center stem little oh, nice. going through it oh yeah it's not very dense it's slightly airy slightly fluffy but there is a nice little crunch to the buds uh the colors of the nug are mainly a light green kind of sartreusey kind of yellowish uh i guess main color would be the prime today um with bits of bits of the leaves like just at the tip are just this nice deep dark emerald that kind of just give it like a dalmatian spotting almost with the nice greens. cute cute oh, yeah. dalmatian spots it does have some nice coverage of some rust orange hairs that are kind of just looping in and out of those uh sub buds that i mentioned and it does have this nice sparkling and very sticky coating of crystals all throughout it goes all the way through to that core nice. it's all throughout all the sub buds but it's pretty sticky to the fingers I mean, I love those sticky nugs. Oh yeah, sticky guest. But sticky icky nugs. With all that, the scent itself. Ah yes, it's a very clean and potent scent, and it's way nicer than last week. It has a nice cheesy front aroma with hints of this earthiness, light bit of grassiness, and. It has this slight ammonia scent as well that kind of gets masked behind a very late in the game berry tone. Not not to get confused with a baritone, which I'm pretty sure Donnie uh, Wahlberg yeah, I is. Gonna, yeah, I was um, gonna say I was gonna say like a saxophone, a baritone saxophone. Uh, <laughs> I think Donnie Wahlberg is a is a baritone. But anyway, regardless, the strain is beautifully blended. It smells fantastic, looks great. A solid redemption from deeper roots, like I said. I can't wait to try some of it. We gotta know, Shank, what is it that you are smoking for us today? Well, this week I will be burning on some Durga Mata 2. Um, Durga Mata 2, actually, fun fact Durga Mata actually is uh, uh, another name for Kali, uh, the Hindu goddess. Um, it's, uh, and uh, it's really cool. It's like it's an invincible mother or something like that. But anyway, um, it's from Paradise Seeds originally, is this strain was made by them, bred by them, um, and it's from their OG Durgamata and Shiva. It has a 2 to 1 CBD to THC ratio, which is really interesting, and this strain, specifically this phenotype, was grown by Namaste. Uh, same as last week. 
Oh, yeah. You had that yeah, yeah. strawberry glue last week. I did. I had the strawberry glue last week by them, and that did not let me down. Um, and uh, Does this no, one this look week... just as good? Uh, fun fact, this hybrid, it's a hybrid indica, and it, it does does not. It oh. does not look as good. But but keep in mind, it does for a different reason. It's okay. almost a nostalgic kind of good not necessarily um, what someone would refer to as aesthetically pleasing. I would describe it more as it looks like weed that you would find in a jar in your uncle's detached garage man cave slash workshop. <laughs> like on a shelf somewhere. Like, you know, like up on the shelf, like you look at it and you're like, man, that weed's probably been in that jar since like the 70s, but it doesn't have any mold on it. So it's right like, next. You know? Yeah, it's right next to that pair of antlers that is just sitting up there that he didn't have hunt that uh, deer though. Oh yeah, yeah. No, he got it from his buddy, and he plans on turning it into a deer handle knife someday. And he just hasn't yeah. gotten to it yet. It's just sitting on a shelf instead, collecting dust. But you look in there, and you know there's no mold, so you decide to be bold. Um, it's one of those types of strains. Yeah, it's oh, yeah. it's it's brown and crumbly. It has uh, shades of olive drab green and light kind of beigeish brown, I guess, mixed throughout. Okay. And it, it, it's very, very jungly. Um, it's very like loose, loose trimmed, um, very wild looking. Uh, it is, a, but it is a refreshing change of pace because a lot of the strains I've been smoking recently have been very close cropped, very mechanical, very clean looking, which I love. I do enjoy the angular nugs as much as any man, but I like looking at a nug and being like, someone took that off a plant, hung it upside down in their closet until it was dry, packaged it in a baggie, and said, "Smoke this, my friend." <laughs> I think while it was hanging, they probably just like bare fisted grabbed it, clenched it with all their might, and then just threw it into a package without even checking exactly. it. Just, just crush the hell of it. Yeah, just get the leaves off it that way, like you know. And, and there were even some little like sugar leaves. Then by little sugar leaves, I mean like almost full leaf petals, like in the in there when I opened it. And when it looked like shwagweed, it looked like I looked at it and I was like, man, who's handing me this? But the smell okay. that I got it, I got it. That is where everything changes. Oh man, it is a complete contrast. It is night and day. It's black and white, like complete thing. The smell is so good and so potent. I need to put the emphasis on the correct syllable there. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> it is nice. Um, man, I'm telling you, it has a very clean, very strong, very sugary, sweet diesel smell that has like this beautiful potent grapefruit and lemon citrus like citrus citrus, citrus. this citrus and citrus and burger this uh kind of blast uh the citrus uh the citrus blast on top of it that really it makes me want to eat it almost as much as i want to smoke it like i smell this and i want to just grab it it's making my mouth water as we um, speak. Um, 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 um. and honestly i desperately want to try these but before we do I need to let the buds at home check out our Instagram page. You know, we share pictures of these nugs for you buds to see on there all the time. You can see them. You can be, you're watching our YouTube video right now already, so you can see them floating behind us as we talk about them and describe them. But if you really want to see good, close, detailed pictures, check out our Instagram at goodbudspodcast, where we post pictures of these nugs every week for you to check out and awesome behind-the-scenes content for you to check out, you know, on your own leisure. Absolutely. And if you want some more content to check out while you're on Instagram, you can check out mine over at GoodBudsCurtis. I take some nice massive bong hits and uh, show you some behind the scenes while I'm editing the podcast. 
It's true. He takes some of like the biggest bong hits I've ever seen. Like I, I'm not normally a bong guy, but like I remember your one Instagram video where you smoked like what was it four different strains in one thing without coughing at all or anything and break, no breaks between. Oh my god, it was amazing. I also though post things at Goodbud Shank where you guys can go there, follow me for some really interesting me sitting in front of cameras, editing audio, doing some miscellaneous artsy weird stuff. Uh, and I would absolutely love it. Just you know, just so you can follow whenever we do anything interesting because we've got like. All kinds of stuff on the go. Lots of stuff coming up in the near future. And uh, I don't want any of you buds missing out. Oh, yeah. And speaking of missing out, I don't want to miss out any longer, any further. Shank, I have a bong packed right here ready to go. And I have a bong packed right here ready to go. And hopefully the buds at home have their bongs packed at home ready to go. If not, your bowl's packed, your joints rolled, your blunts rolled, your vapes ready, your rigs ready, and your edibles probably should have been taken at the beginning. Sorry for not warning you, yeah, but uh, you know the drill by now. Hopefully, everybody has their thing ready. Let us blaze it. Toke, toke, shaboke. Toke, Curtis, how, how's that tasting for you this week? Huh. Fucking so good compared to last week. Fucking so nice <laughs> to have a quality strain here again. From the nice. same people, so solid redemption, like I said. Yep. Yeah. This is a very cheesy front flavor. It's very tasty. Ooh. It kind of goes over, like, the roof of your mouth first before it, like, hits an angled downward drop straight to your lungs and down your yeah. throat. Yeah. Ooh. It is a little harsh on the lungs, but, uh, you know, I'm used to it by now. It does blend into this slightly earthy, slightly grassy flavor. I'm not getting a whole lot of the berry that was coming through that I was smelling kind of at the end there. Tiny bit of sweetness, but at this point, my lungs are a little fried, so can't really taste the yeah. sweetness. But all in all, <laughs> very good hit. Very nice. I can kind of feel it in the brain already. But Shank, how is uh, how'd that hit treat you? Nice. The, the Dergamata, it, it's really great, man. Um, it has a very sweet lemon and grapefruit hit. Um, very sugary, very candy-like. It has a very like sweet kind of candy, tasty quality to it that I enjoy. There's a really nice diesel flavor that kind of sits on top of the hit like over everything. But it's really smooth. Uh, it's smooth toke in, smooth toke out. Very, very clean. And... Like, I love the flavor. It's really nice. Uh, like, it's very citrusy. That grapefruit and the sweetness is on the front of it. It's almost, uh, almost uh, like sugar and, uh, like, fruit. It's delicious. Nice. Very nice. Yeah, I love it, man. I love it. And I really, really, really want to try more. But before we do, we obviously have to find out how other people are, you know, feeling about it, right? Of course. I mean, that's all we have to do is go online and figure out the opinions of other stoners online as we are other opinions on stoners giving our opinions to the online opinions yeah <laughs> so donnie burger the reviews for it are a little scarce but from what i've been able to find it's typically a relaxed body feeling with a euphoric head high and also shank this might be uh, interesting for you yeah it, this strain also apparently causes the tingles <gasps> dun 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 i have returned the tingles have returned. Hold on, Curtis. Oh. Oh, yeah, there they are. <laughs> but uh, the strain also, I haven't found any reported effects of, like, munchies or dry mouth or anything like that. 
I am feeling a little bit of dry mouth, but as always, I got bevs nearby. I got snacks nearby. I'm always prepared. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How about you? What are they saying about your Dergamata? Well, online, it's got some pretty good reviews. It's a pretty nicely reviewed strain. Uh, they, so I, they say it's very relaxed, very sleepy, and a very happy strain. Um, they say it's very good for stress, anxiety, pain management, and stomach issues. And it also causes uh, dry mouth every now and then. Um, they don't say anything about munchies, but like you said, we are always prepared. We have our snacks nearby. We have our beverages nearby. We are prepared stoners, seasoned stoners, garlic salt. Or garlic powder. Fuck me. Garlic salt works too. Garlic salt works too. You're fine. Okay, so, okay, I'm coming back. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> All right. So, yes. And as top of being prepared, as we are, uh, I have a joint rolled right here, ready to go. I have a joint. I have a joint rolled right here. And hopefully, our buds at home, you can just sit there for a tiny little bit longer while we uh, take a little dry hit and uh, see if we can get an extra flavor profile from it. Good buds ASMR moments. Hmm. Hey. Hey now. You're an all star. Get your game on. <laughs> How's that tasting for you, man? Huh. It's actually extremely good. I'm getting. Hmm. It's a nice. I'm getting more of that cheesy front flavor. It's nice. Slightly sweet. I am getting a little bit of the grassy flavor as well, but on the lips and just from the tip and just through it, I can just taste a lot of the cheese as a front flavor. Just the, having, tips te- just the just, tips cheesy? Just the tips. But I have a feeling this is going to be a good joint strain. Shank, what are you tasting? Um, it's really good. I'm getting a, like, a bit of that grassy taste as well. Um, that nice like kind of fresh cut grass kind of vibe. Uh, but it also has a really nice kind of minty slash piney um, hint that's coming through that I didn't really notice before. Uh, the sweetness is still there. It's very sugary sweet. It's almost like if it was a, if it was anything, it would be a sweet peppermint or something. But right. um, it, it's got a very a lot of sweetness, a little bit of pine, and a little bit of almost like that. Like I said, a, like a menthol kind of feeling. Like it cools <laughs> the back of your throat. And uh, yeah, man, I'm I'm really interested in uh, giving this a giving this a, a toast and see how it goes. Well, we know what joints are <laughs> meant for, and we know that it's 4:20 somewhere. It's 4:20 everywhere. It's 4:20 here. Buds, hopefully you have your joints rolled, your blunts rolled, your bongs packed, your bowls packed, your vapes ready, breaks ready, whatever your proper medical receptacle is, let us bu-bu-bu-blaze it. Toke, toke, shkabo. Toke, shkabo. What the heck? Okay, that's cool. What, your heck? Um, the flavor profile just like completely changed. Um, I'm not getting like the uh, I'm not, I'm getting I'm still getting the uh, like a bit of the lemon, and a bit of the grapefruit, but I'm getting more of like a pine, and uh, like a like a piney kind of like almost background fl- like flavor that came to the front, like the diesel amplified it, and it's getting like this kind of like pine tree, kind of vibe. Oh yeah. Nice. It's good. I like it, though. It tastes really nice. Um, the flavor is really good. Obviously, I'm burning through the OCB premiums this week, as I usually do. Oh, yeah. I'm, as always, burning through my uh, one and a quarter zigzag orange pack. And very nice. Fucking, again, I'm getting a lot of that cheesy. It's 
not harsh. It's definitely a lot smoother. Almost like kind of like a little bit of a creaminess to it through the uh, joint. Nice. Honestly, that's, that's different. Hmm. That's I, different. I, I might say that this might be a joint weed. <gasps> dun dun dun! This is like a double Curtis? dun dun. dun See now, if so Curtis far. says it, it that might actually something. be. It might actually well, see, mean something. Well, to be fair, to be fair though, I do recall that a couple weeks back I had myself a, a bong strain that I, you know, I tried it in the joint and I was kind of like, eh, it was underwhelming. But in the bong, it was like, hey, hey now, hey and, you know, now, hey. This weed is awesome, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, and like you know, so I I can see that, and it's true. It does hold a little bit more weight when you say it's a joint strain. That means something. I would, I, would, I mean, I'd like to think so. It does. I mean, it's burning really nice. I think it's definitely a good strain for a joint. Um, I don't know, Jenk. I gotta say, hmm, pretty fucking tasty. Pretty fucking tasty, man. No, I agree. Uh, honestly, it's fantastic, dude. Like, uh, this is, uh, I'm liking the Dergamata. I've gotten a few of the Namaste strains so far, and I really do enjoy them as a brand. I find that they're consistent. Um, they're even, like, honestly, this, it's the funniest thing. When I saw this weed, I legitimately had one of those moments, because I had that moment as a teenager, hanging out in my uncle's garage with him while he was working on his motorcycle, like, looking over at his shelf and, like, seeing a fucking jar, like a mason jar, with, like, fucking some cannabis in it, and looking at it, and it looked like some swag-ass cannabis. It was not the piff that we uh, tend to smoke on a regular basis. What we smoking uh, now, or <coughs> what smoking. I'm smoking right now, is pretty piff. Yeah, it's piff piff, yo. Uh, I, re I don't even know if we're using this right. Kids, th about, like, people are cringing at us right I now. I think you probably, <laughs> I, th I would say you probably have some mid. Some yeah, mids. some, yeah, some mids, some, you know, like, uh, some, you know, but, but, anyway, but what, it was like some, like, you know, you'd look at it, and it looked like some bunk-ass weed. And, you know, you and your cousin would still pinch some to roll a joint with, and it was, oh, you know... And, and then you'd and then you'd smoke it, and, like, you know, there'd be no mold. So, like I said, no mold, be bold. Um, and, you know, like, I fucking... You'd try it, and it would be, like, you know, taste a little bit like dirt, and it would, like, get you baked, but not, like... Not like the stuff we regularly smoke now, but that's what I expected from this strain. I expected that kind of you smoke it and you'd be like, uh, I guess I can tolerate that. Like your last week's strain, you're like, it's not great, but it's not bad, so I'll tolerate it. And you're like, I'll tolerate it, but like, but it's honestly the flavor and the smell of this weed. It's like if you, it's like those ugly ass fucking flowers that are just the s nicest smelling flowers, you know. We like have not these... the ones that are really pretty that smell like dick. No, in my yard right now, we have this plant <laughs> that literally blossoms like only like two or three times a year. But when yeah. it does have one of those days where it's like full blossom, full bloom, mm -hmm. it looks stupid, but it's like this nice light purple. I mean, everyone mm -hmm. knows purple is stupid. And fucking, it's just reeks of this nice fucking flower aroma all throughout my house and like partially through down the neighborhood. Yep. From we this have those, one uh, fucking lilacs, bush. Uh, giant lilac bushes beside our house that do that every year. It's kind of a lilac, but it's not exactly a lilac. Mm. And that's why I'm like, I don't know what this is. Maybe like almond or something. Are they like white? They said they're purple, right? If it was an almond, I would be destroying it. Fuck almonds. <laughs> <laughs> they are There's killing honeybees. They are killing honeybees. And I need my bees. <laughs> my bees. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Nicotinid. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> Everything kills bees. 
Save the bees, though, please. Fuck everything. Save the bees. <laughs> yeah, bees. everything else can die. Save the bees, but um, but no, like yeah, and it's uh, and I, I know what you mean though. It's like it's, but it's one of those strains that like it just looks bunk, tastes fucking delicious. It's like it's great, enjoyable. I would smoke this strain very regularly, and I'm glad that you got a redemption strain, like legit. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm very glad that you managed to get one from, you know, same, like, and that's the thing is we say we, we don't ever want to like hate on a strain or on a company or anything like that. If we get something that's not the greatest strain, we will say it's not the greatest strain, but by no means does that mean the company that made it. We're non-biased episode make, yeah. to episode. Yeah. And we don't, that was yeah. another thing. Like I said before, I had had good strains by deeper roots. So I think yeah. subconsciously I'm like, let me get two strain Cause I got both of these in the same trip to uh breeze. The- yeah dispensary that i go to mm-hmm. and on that same trip i got both of these i'm like all right i'll get a discount one and then i'll get one that's you know at basically normal price yeah obviously i did the discount one first and it showed for it i did this yeah. one and it's like okay the company is good at making cannabis obviously it's yep. good shit yep so, and we'll it just report on what that, we have yeah and it goes to show that in some cases you do get what you pay for when it comes to quality of product like i know that when i'm looking at the product list when i'm in the store and i see a product that's listed for a high price cannabis brands right now very few of them very few of them are relying on their name they have no fame they're not famous yet they're not popular brands they're not established like nike or whatever they do have an audience and a fan base and even in the cannabis industry some of them are recognizable some of them are gaining household name status and everything else which is excellent but they're not quite there yet in regards to branding that other companies are so like when it comes to making cannabis like if you see one that's priced high you know it's probably not priced high because of the brand behind it it's probably priced high because of the quality of the cannabis so when you buy it you know you're most likely getting top shelf prices for top shelf wheat at the same time now it's awesome because there's also a funny little like half and half measure that goes in with that and that would be california because Mm. at the same time it's a higher price standard of living anyway but then you add in specific branded people who have their own cannabis brands like Absolutely. Seth Rogen or like uh, Steve Urkel. Yeah, the Purple Urkel, yeah. Purple Urkel, fucking uh, Snoop Dogg, fucking. Once you factor in all these people who are almost exclusively selling. Celebrity sell- strains, yeah. Celebrity strains who are almost exclusively selling out of uh, California, then yeah. it's kind of hard to tell, you know, are they really super high priced or are they reasonable for yeah. the area well, because it's California. Cases. Yeah, in a lot it's of the cases with those, with those, they what the funniest thing is is that a lot of the time those cannabis companies when they partner with people, um, they'll just they'll the, the strains themselves aren't even potent strains. Like I mean, they're, I'm sure they're quality strains. Like the companies probably produce quality cannabis because you know if they've got especially if they have a celebrity name attached to it, the celebrity wouldn't want to endorse something that's going to make them look bad unless they're Ja Rule. Um, <clears throat> but uh, basically, um, like they. Uh, you know, like, like they, they would not endorse it usually if it's going to be a bad quality product, but they are going to charge a premium because that is celebrity is associated. They're, they're exactly be like, like I said, more. it's one of those half and half catch 22s, but it'll obviously make more sense as the celebrity strains make it to other legal states. Like as soon as they yeah. hit Michigan, yeah. they're still probably going to be a higher price. Like some pretty high quality weed. Oh, yeah. So. Like, that's a good thing, is, like, looking at the strains that Seth Rogen is doing with his right. company right now and what Snoop's doing with his brand, um, like, they honestly have some high-quality strains. Oh, yeah. And speaking of yeah. high-quality and branding, how about we mm-hmm. run into a quick little ad spot? 
Do you like fashionable and unique clothing? Do you like things that shine super bright when exposed to light? Do you like discounts? Do you like advertisements that ask, do you like, over and over, knowing there is no direct way for you to answer back? If you answered yes to all of these questions, or even just the first three, check out lumenspot.com for some lit clothing and accessories, and use the code GOODBUDSPODCAST at the checkout for 50% off and free shipping. Thank you Lumenspot for sponsoring us, and thank all of you for listening. Check it out today with the link below in the description. We told you, high quality, very fun. Lumenspot nice. is so high quality, it's awesome. Grinding up. Stuff. Oh yeah. And with that in mind, I think we have to uh, get into our next little segment. Oh, Would yeah, you think, Shane? That's a good one. I do think so. I think it's time for that uh, segment that you love to announce. <clears throat> it is. Weed News Worldwide. It's not a sound clip. I do that every week. <laughs> it's true. That he does it every week. He just loves it. It's his favorite part. I think it's his favorite part of the episode. <laughs> well, I get to do that cool thing with my mouth where it sounds like a glockenspiel. Boom, boom, boom. <laughs> yeah, here, one I was second. Ma- do it again, do, do it again okay. for the people. Okay. Oh, it's amazing. <laughs> it like, blows my mind every time. But something else that's pretty mind-blowing is... Our first story that we have today, which comes to us from <clears throat> oh. Damn. Sorry, <laughs> Donnie Burger. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but our first story comes to us from the New York Post and link will be downstairs in the description. The story today, a long Long Island cannabis officials. God damn it. Sorry, I'm already high and I can't even read this fucking headline. (laughs) (laughs) Long Island officials want ban on cannabis cookies clearly targeting kids with clearly targeting in quotes. Uh, Now, So the packages say, hey, kids, come eat these cookies right now. Oh, of course. Absolutely. And they sell them at schools. (laughs) So let me explain. (laughs) So essentially, uh, cannabis-laced snacks that are mimicking popular brands such as some very nice ones uh for example here uh a chips ahoy packaging mm-hmm. uh right next to it is a trips ahoy packaging which uh, looks very fucking similar shit that's clever as hell oh yeah and the company that makes it is called dabisco da- fuck yeah hell yes there's another one here that is a double stuffed Oreo package right next yeah. to a double stuffed Stonio package. <laughs> which packaging looks almost exactly the same, except behind the milk in the Stonio, there's a giant cannabis leaf. Yeah, and Stonio uh, obviously says Stonio. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, <laughs> now, the other thing is obviously these aren't being sold directly to children or anything like that. These are seen. hope not. These are being sold at normal spots where you would be able to purchase this whether it be a smoke shop or a legal vendor of cbd Mm -hmm. or thc or whatever um in particular these are uh delta 8 thc which obviously just made it into new york obviously i've explained this multiple times yeah we've talked similar to delta 9 but regardless uh due to delta 8 being naturally found in hemp retailers have exploited this loophole since hemp is not illegal We've mentioned this multiple times. That's how I'm able to get it from a regular smoke shop Absolutely. instead of having to travel all the way to a dispensary. Yeah, because technically Delta 8 THC, while still being THC, is hemp derived, which yeah, is legal. from hemp, which is fully legal because hemp derivative products are illegal. So exactly. 
Yeah. So with the new regulations for New York, uh, they're looking to restrict the rules to restrict marketing and advertising to youth, which obviously they're not exactly doing because you can't exactly advertise in like a commercial or anything. Hey, we have trips Ahoy cookies. No, yeah. You have to walk into the store. Which, yeah. If you're a kid walking into a store where they sell that stuff, they're probably going to be like, bro. Get, why are you here? Like, why, yeah, like, yeah. Why are you here? Yeah, and and that's the thing is, if the vendor chooses to sell to someone who's underage, that vendor is at fault. And if the child gains access to it at their house, then the parent is at fault. Well, um, also we'll the talk, kids at fault for wanting to get into it. We'll talk more <laughs> on that in a second, but yeah. Uh, DOH must clarify: CBD retailers may not sell any product in New York that contain Delta Eight, whether or not the product uses synthetic or natural occurring Delta Eight which was a letter that was, you know, sent trying to fucking get people to understand this in Congress or whatever the fuck. Yeah. Um, so a clerk at Dr. Nature RX on Park Avenue in Long Beach told the Post Thursday the store stopped selling the cannabis extract cookies and knew no other locations nearby that had them. So they did stop selling them, but I I always hate when when politicians try to pass laws under the guise of we've got to protect the children, as if as if educating the children isn't the best way to do it, as if teaching your children to avoid unhealthy snacks or to ask their parents when they eat snacks or to ask, you know, or educate them about what cannabis edibles are and you know like educate store clerks about not selling them to children. Um, like that's the thing education is always a way more powerful tool than a control like uh, a a chain like a chain is never going to be more effective than a conversation Uh, it's like so you have to let them know ahead of time like hey you're not allowed to have this until you're this age yeah be like listen like this is what this is it might look like your candies but look at the package this is what my package says this is why and how you can tell adult food from your food like you know so that if your kids out and outside of your purview and they come across a fucking bag of them in the wild like stonios in the park right you know sitting there on a bench they'll look at them and they'll look at them and they'll think oh cool oreos and they'll look at them and be like oh my dad taught me or my mom taught me what this looks like and how this isn't what I'm supposed to have, and I can tell an adult about it right away. Right. You know? But if they I don't mean, know what even... it is, and you never tell them about it, they'll just see it in the wild and grab it. I mean, not even that. Just tell them, hey, this is the stuff you can, or if I give you something, you can have yeah. that. But exactly. never just take something from a stranger, never just take something off the ground, never go into a stop shop and buy it yourself, unless yeah. I'm with never you. Never dig through my things and take my snacks or anything in my exactly. things without asking me. In your, <laughs> in the pantry on yeah. the lowest shelf possible. That's all the snacks. That's all yeah, stuff that you can have oh, whenever you pro, want it. LPT, LPT, life pro tip for parents out there: If you don't dig through your kids' shit randomly and find things that they've hidden, then they won't dig through your shit randomly. Just saying. Respect <laughs> privacy, and they can do the same. Damn right, damn right. My son never digs through my stuff because he knows that he, I'm not gonna do it to him. <laughs> like, you know, like all if he's, I know he's hiding something. He's he's got a but, guilty face just like I do. But, <laughs> but with all with all that said, obviously be responsible with whatever it is that you take. You you don't yeah. want to get too high or anything. Yeah. What is it? All things in moderation, right? But, oh. but speaking of speaking of things and taking things and getting too high that leads directly into my news story because i was too high to deal with this when i saw it 
And I'm 99% sure that Seth Rogen was also too high to deal with it when he saw it. Oh, yeah. But Conan O'Brien, this story comes from thegrowthop.com, links below. This, I was watching it on YouTube. It just came across my feed, and I clicked on it and watched it. Conan O'Brien smoked a joint live on air with Seth Rogen. Now, now, this is amazing. I found the article afterwards. That, that I originally watched it on YouTube, but I found this on the Growth Hop to explain it and talk about it. But, we'll have the link down yeah. below, and you should yeah. go check out the YouTube video after this. Oh my god, you need to watch it after this. Uh, but it was the last episode of TBS's Conan. So what, what was happening um, was that he was sitting there and talking to Seth Rogen, saying that he was going to have a lot of downtime now, that he was like retiring from the show, and he, was, he, was, he wasn't sure how he was going to handle himself. Right? I believe it was him doing an interview with him, and uh, Andy Richter was there too. Yeah, Andy Richter was there as well. It was Andy Richter, yeah, because he's Conan's sidekick, and Seth Rogen was there, and he was uh, interviewing uh, Seth Rogen as one of his guests on the last show. And um, he he was asking Seth Rogen, you know, like, because he, he's like, you're a professor of pot, so what should I smoke? Like, what kind of weed should I smoke for the, <laughs> for, for you know, if I'm going to try to smoke weed to relax and stuff? And without missing a beat, Seth Rogen reaches into the breast pocket of his shirt and pulls out a joint immediately. And holds it out to Conan. Just arms like, reaches out, holds it out to him. Without his... a fucking blink. Not a word, not a blink, not nothing. He just grabbed it, pulled it out of his pocket. What do you think I should smoke? Conan. What do you think I should <laughs> Holds it out towards him. And Conan's like, this is how hip I am. When you pulled that out of your pocket, I thought it was a birthday candle. Which is fucking hilarious. That's um, not a birthday so, candle. Yeah, that's what, well, that's my kind of birthday candle. <laughs> but, uh, so, so Conan essentially, um, <clears throat> Excuse me. It's that uh, that Durgamata coming back at me. Um, but uh, Conan took it from him, and he, he he asked, you know, what what is this? And Seth Rogen, being Seth Rogen, said it's weed. And Conan said, I know, like <laughs> I know it's weed, but like what kind? He meant what kind of weed, obviously. And uh, and so Seth Rogen said it's good weed. Um, and I'm pretty sure it's some of his own brand. It's probably some. Of, it is some of his own houseplant brand, I believe. Um, if, I'm, I'm sure it would be. He probably gets lifetime supply for free. And um, so anyway, um, much to everybody's surprise, because it was obvious, it was apparently unplanned. Conan um, asked Seth Rogen if he had a lighter, and Seth was like, uh, "Yeah, of course I have a lighter. Like, you know, I I only had that joint because I rolled it for me. Like, he had the joint for him for after the show, right? So like." He's like, he pulls it out of his pocket, and he's like, yeah, I got a lighter, and he reaches into his pocket and, like, offers it to Conan. It's a little green mini-bick, um, just like the one I have in my hand right now, and, um, you know, offers it to him, and, with like, Conan grabs it, and he's like, he's like, so what do I do? Do I just, do I just put it, and everybody in the audience, because he was holding it backwards, was screaming at him, turn it around, turn it around, because he's holding the joint right. backwards. <laughs> he had the filter facing out, so they all... And even Seth Rogen ended up speaking up, and he's like, "Oh, Conan, you gotta, you gotta turn it around." And, and Conan was like, "All right, all right, I get it." You know, he like hollered at everybody, like, "He's like, I'm new at this. I don't know what I'm doing." You know, and it was very funny to see, like, live on air. It was very surreal, and as Seth Rogen was laughing so hard, oh, yeah. the entire time, just the whole time. It <laughs> 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 was great. And kind of contagious. Yeah. And I saw the video, crazy. and I gotta say, it was fucking euphoric the moment he fucking lit that joint. I'm like... Yep. And he lights the he joint. He did that on like, TV! He, he did it, and he was like... And he said, and I quote, and I quote, this is what Conan said, this is the kind of thing you do when you know it's over for you. Because he's, he's done with TV. He's done, right? He said he's oh, done yeah. with TV. He's retiring from TV. He's gonna do other stuff, like other projects and stuff like that, but he's like, I'm done. Like, I'm retiring. 
So he's like, this is the kind of thing that you know when it's you you do when you know it's over for you. Like it's like it's like you know some TV host being like, yeah, it's his last day on the job, just taking out a baggie of coke, pouring it across the desk, and <laughs> like, you know, night guys, we'll do it live. Yeah, fuck it, we'll do it live. Uh, so, but he did it live. He lit it. And the funniest thing is that afterwards he handed it to Seth, and Seth is like, "Oh fuck yeah, I'm taking a hit. Like I'm having a smoke, Seth, right Takes now." Takes a nice deep... on TV. Takes a nice deep... big old French inhale, like big old toke. And then he then he leans over to Andy Richter and goes, "Hey, Andy, what do you think?" And Andy's like, eh. "He get he makes a face. He makes that traditional Andy Richter. Yeah, fuck it, face and reaches out, grabs it, takes a huge puff, and hands it back to Seth. And he and he's like, "Oh no." And they're like, what? And he's like, I have an interview at Target right after this. And then Conan's like, I have to drive a school bus in an hour. <laughs> it was a oh, it, was, it was a blast. There was a lot more. They riffed a lot, a lot more after that. It was very hilarious. But honestly, it was one of the cannabis like moments, like in cannabis history, like in the timeline of cannabis history. Conan O'Brien lighting a joint and smoking it on TV with Seth Rogen and Andy Richter. Well, like, everybody just watches and enjoys it, that is going to go down in history. Like, fucking incredible. I mean, the best gonna be less, last hurrah you could really go on. In like, my... Absolutely. Like, there's no better way you could go than that. Oh, yeah. Well, like, it's a great that's story. a hell of a story. Fucking links will be down below. And like we said, check out that YouTube video. But It's so funny. With that being a best way to go out, how about a not-so-good way of going out? Like, how about some tainted cannabis? Dun, dun, dun. We're up to three dun dun duns already this episode, man. Holy shit. <laughs> um, but with all that, this story that I have today comes to us from the Phoenix News or Phoenix New Times. Links will be downstairs below. This is not to be confused with the Phoenix Old Times. Okay, of course not. No, that's way too old. That's the, they still print that. On, yeah. 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 Um, killing trees but the story that I have today is that a cannabis testing company has taken blame for a recall and uh, defends uh, brands that have been affected by this recall now, I've been seeing the story on a couple different news feeds but this one seems to have the most information about it which is why yeah. I went to this one so Arizona has had a recall recently on quite a few of their strands of cannabis but yeah. a couple bits of concentrate and stuff like that. Reason for it is a company or a couple companies had apparently had some form of uh, infection or contamination to their crop. Most of it was oh. asper or aspergillus, which is a form of mold, which could so either form what, on the cannabis. White, yeah, isn't or, it white cotton mold or whatever that they call it? I believe so, but it could yeah. either be on the cannabis or it could be in a surrounding area where the particles could have gotten onto the cannabis, making it yeah. unsafe for that. And also traces of salmonella. Oof. Which I, I'm not entirely sure how that affects or could get onto cannabis unless somebody was carrying a plate of raw chicken through or Wait. or the <laughs> lady who fucking had the Yeti cooler yeah. with fucking chicken cannabis. <laughs> Oh, man, I'm glad Yeti Cooler got away with Florida Man and Homie Lawn Tractor, though. <laughs> exactly, but <coughs> goddamn. But those chickens must be ranked by now. So I guess that <laughs> cannabis made it to America and made it to Arizona. I guess so. I guess and... so. Arizona, you got some chicken You got some chicken cannabis. 
Gizzard's on your Actually, dick. Actually, hold on. You got Just some Gizzard's on your ganj. Totally, totally tangential side note, 100%. I have to mention this. I saw Good Mythical Morning the other, or Good Mythical Morning the other day, and they had a KFC Herbs and Spices scented fire log. It was a fire log for your fireplace that smelled like KFC chicken. And, like, they said, legit, it was accurate. They burnt it, and they smelled it, and they said it smells. It makes your house smell like KFC is cooking. Okay, so, anyway... So um, I had to say it. Just just chicken and fire for some reason. Go ahead. <laughs> so in all fairness, even though this was on some of the companies for having this stuff, it they didn't really it wasn't fully their fault. They had to send yeah. it to a laboratory to get tested and make sure that it was clear for, you know, consumption. Mm-hmm. On point laboratories is the cannabis testing company based in Snowflake, which I assume is a town in Arizona, which is very strange considering i highly doubt it ever snows there and trump supporters must hate that town <laughs> it's very liberal <laughs> it's very <laughs> okay go ahead so unfortunately they take full responsibility for what they called clean cannabis and you know safe brands for consumption when in reality a couple of these brands were actually infected and a couple of them might have been infected from being stored with other ones so they had passed them exactly like through and they weren't now no now this is still a strangely new concept for arizona obviously they've had medical cannabis since 2010 but the law didn't subject dispensaries to do any sort of product testing it was only kind of just independent for the thc and then it just went from there they were just basically hoping that the quality was being taken care of. Now, when Preposition 207 for recreational cannabis passed in uh, November, it required dispensary products to be tested for contaminants and potency. But the testing system has reportedly been plagued by minimal interest by dispensaries and lack of enforcement by the state, which uh. has led to a little bit of a laxing through it. So, again, they're kind of just going for the THC value checking they're to see if there's quality. any microbes. Yeah, they're not doing stuff. as much quality as much quality control for the microbes and stuff. Now, earlier this year, On Point Laboratories issued clean certificate of analysis statements for a limited number of affected samples and believe the products to be safe and the results to be accurate. In a subsequent audit uh, by AZDHS, the agency disputed these results and stated it found potential for contamination. Uh on point labs initially believed the test results to be negative. The company feels an abundance of caution is the right approach. Well, so, yes, of course. No, I agree with that. I agree with that. Uh, the company believes that caution is the best approach, and that is the truth. Um, in this situation, if they think that there's a potential contaminant, then in the best interest of their customers, they should, by all means, pull the product and make sure that it's safe before they allow consumption, right? Um, a lot of shady and underhanded businesses would try to weasel their way out of it, and if they are taking responsibility for it, then kudos to that. I hope that, you know, they figure their shit out. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, the thing is, they didn't have any more of the product to test to retest themselves, so uh, due to current circumstances, the original tested samples are not available. Therefore, yeah, if the smoked. identified products listed in the table below are still in possession of the dispensary, cannabis establishment, or cultivation facility, the facility will be allowed to collect a new sample to be tested at two additional laboratories and follow the applicable laws and rules. Yeah. So they did it, and it came back. Uh, on the screen right now, if you're watching our YouTube video, there is a table that shows any of the affected brands. 
uh, really quick. It's basically Harvest Platinum, Modern Flower, uh, Soul Flower Dispensaries and Establishments, EHF, which is Elephant Head Farms, Mojave Cannabis, True Infusion Flower, and The Farm. Uh, there's a couple on here that might have been affected by any of that, so check the table, yeah. or you can check the links down in the description below. Very yeah, interesting read all. That way. Very interesting read all around, and it's nice that, <coughs> you know, the company's coming clean and fucking openly admitting, you know, hey, we messed up, we did something wrong. You know, they had nothing to hide there. Yeah, but uh, so- some companies do have things to hide, Curtis. Oh, no. And uh, that actually leads directly into my can- my next story uh, that's all cannabis-related. So now, normally you think, because cannabis companies are very trustable, they're very nice, usually they work very well, they're very clean and stuff like that, most of the time, I mean, the majority, you know, you feel like you can trust them. But apparently you cannot trust can trust. I cannot um, trust can trust? You cannot trust can trust, apparently. Why can't uh, I allegedly. not can trust can that, no, you cannot trust. Can, can, uh, okay, so essentially, can trust. There's a scandal where a Canadian, Canadian in the Canadian cannabis and a scandal in the can trust. A scandal in the can trust. Uh, but after nearly two years, charges have finally been laid in regards to the can trust cultivation m- misconduct, is what they're calling it, uh, that shocked the industry and broke pa- broke patients' hearts. So essentially, it's a medical cannabis company, um, and what happened was. There were hidden grow rooms, possible unlicensed shipping overseas, and 12,500 kilograms of illegally grown cannabis that got destroyed. It's like a TV show. Um, but, so, yeah, yeah but that's essentially three former directors of office at CanTrust Holdings Incorporated, uh, which is a, basically an umbrella company that owns, like, a couple other smaller companies. Uh, uh, it's a complicated financial umbrella right. thing. Um, but uh, they've been charged with offenses under the Ontario, Ontario Securities Act, um, and the investigation is a joint effort by the Ontario Securities Commission and the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Um, Just imagine and, them riding their horses through these uh, cannabis riding fields. Riding their horses like, right through the cannabis fields, glorious. You are not allowed to have these. We'll bust down your walls. Yeah, but speaking of busting down walls, they had Health Canada officials go and investigate the property of their grows, right? Because every cannabis industry, due to the Cannabis Act, they need they're due to their reg, they get regular inspections from Health Canada to ensure that what happened in the last story doesn't happen to our industry, right? They don't want any right. outbreaks of salmonella. Somehow, what do you? How the fuck do you get salmonella on wheat? Anyway, but. Like, so that kind of thing doesn't happen. Health Canada comes in and investigates, right? Now, during a Health Canada inspection, apparently, allegedly, because the, ca- the case is still in court, allegedly, they used false walls. They put up fake walls to hide portions of the grow operation from Health Canada officials so that they didn't see it when they went in there. Damn. And now, if any buds out there, or Curtis, have you seen the Trailer Park Boys? Yeah. It's well, like when no, they hide all the weed. But... Well, yeah, but I mean, you see, you've heard of them. But it's like when it's like when Ricky's growing weed and all the trailers and stuff like that, and they like hide everything yeah. behind like a, a fake wall, and it's like it's the most obvious thing in the world, but they somehow get away with it. They got away with it during a Health Canada inspection. Or somehow. like when, or like when people fucking set up a fake wall in their garage and then set up a sweatshop in the back. I saw that exactly, yeah. episode of World's Worst Tenants once. Yeah, like that kind of thing. Like that kind of thing. <laughs> exactly. Um, so it's it's really crazy. So, like, 
a quote here from uh, Jeff uh, Jeff Cahill, which is the director of enforcement at the OSC, said this this matter demonstrates how the OSC's quasi criminal team, working closely with policing partners, is evolving to focus more on complex cases involving senior level market participants, in addition to fraudsters and repeat of- offenders. In cases involving serious market misconduct, prosecution in provincial court allows us to seek a range of strong sanctions, including jail time. So what they're saying is. When, when it comes to cannabis crime, they are no longer focusing on street-level dealers. They're no longer focusing on individual grow operations. They're no longer focusing on individual, you know, sellers. Yeah. They're focused more on corporate-level misconduct. Which um, makes sense. And, yeah, and they're getting it. That's great. We always say, fucking eat the rich, right? You know, I mean, metaphorically, please, metaphorically. Yeah. Um, that, is, that is a metaphor. I mean, unless you get really hungry, I'm not going to judge, but just come on. Uh, there's food. So, Donuts are great. Just saying. But anyway... What happened was in July 2019, CanTrust said that they're dropping, they're no longer supporting medical cannabis or, or sending cannabis to patients, which obviously shocked their patients because there was no announcement leading up to it. And um, they said at the time that it was because they had to do, uh, they had to do some kind of temporary hold, but it was really because officials had mounted an investigation on them and they had been stripped of all of their licenses. So they didn't have any license to sell, grow, anything. All of them were gone. Um, and so, but they told their patients it was a temporary hold, which was not true. It was, it was very much so a legal sanction where they lost, they, I mean, it could have been temporary if all of their licenses immediately got reinstated, but that would have taken a reinstate. Yeah. So, uh, basically, um, they had used fake walls to hide several thousand plants apparently from view in order to take photographs that had, had been ordered by health Canada. So health Canada ordered them to take photos and send them in and they put up fake walls so that when they took pictures, health Canada wouldn't be able to see all of the plants. Right. It looked like Um, only like half or whatever. Exactly. Exactly. So they were growing substantially more than they were supposed to because allegedly they were shipping some overseas where which they weren't supposed to do. Can, can Canada yeah. doesn't export cannabis yet. Um, and, uh, so, uh, like, yeah, apparently, allegedly they were sending some overseas and they may, they also had a lot of illegal cannabis there. So they could very potentially be charged up to $1 million as a monetary penalty, uh, for breaking, you know, for, uh, for, uh, fucking with the cannabis act. It's at, at least at the scale, um, but obviously it's still going through court right now. There's still much more. There's still more to look forward to. I know that the leadership team has distanced itself as much as possible from the three former executives that used to work there. Um, so these three executives were fired from the company. They were removed from the company. And uh, the the current administration of the business is distancing itself as much as possible and cutting ties from those people. Um, but... Uh, they said that uh, no charges have been laid against the company explicitly, just those individuals. So Can Trust themselves apparently has gotten rid of the uh, the three the alleged conspirators. Yeah, the alleged consp- co-conspirators, and uh, allegedly Can Trust has no no direct repercussions or or their subsidiaries have been charged in any way. It's not the not no. the company itself. So can trust, you can trust, can trust, apparently. You just can't trust those three CEOs or those three executive officers. They uh, they let go. Um, really? So, yeah, so essentially that's the whole gist of that story. If you want to look more into it, there are some sublinks you can check on and some other things, some comments that you can read. Um, it's on Leafly. That's where I grabbed that one. There will be a link down below for you, buds, in the description so you can check it out yourself and see what kind of interesting shenanigans are going on in there. Absolutely. 
and shenanigans beget shenanigans. And with that, I do have one quick little bonus story, and I know that we are a cannabis-themed podcast, but this story is just fucking hilarious and <laughs> kind of up our alley, so I just we have to, to explain it. it. We have to. <clears throat> yeah. It's just going to be really quick here, though. This comes to us from abc.net. Link will be downstairs below. Mm-hmm. This story comes to us from South Australia, where a man has been acquitted of trafficking cocaine. Yeah, he's okay. Well, well, wait, why the fuck? Why now? Question, now, question the buds are asking at home, Curtis. I'm going to be the voice for the buds in this episode. Now, Curtis, why Why did? Why is it a news story if he got acquitted of, of trafficking cocaine? Well, it's the reason that it happened. <laughs> so the explanation is this man had essentially figured out a way of ordering cocaine from somewhere else in the world, whether it was online or through a telephone or through a friend who was across the ocean. Darknet. Yeah, Packing. regardless, the package somehow made it into uh, Australia. Nice. Now, when this package came in, it was a novel that had been hollowed out, kind of like, you know, a hollowed out flask novel or some shit like that, like from Boondock. Harry Pothead when we're getting stoned. Fuck yeah. But inside of it was actually 99 grams of cocaine, which I think if it's 100, then there's uh, like a, another level. Yeah, that's like illegality. the next tier. Yeah, so, you step up a tier. <laughs> so they just kept it at 99, tightly packed Smart. into this book, and they had it shipped. Now, Australian Border Patrol looked at it and thought, this is a suspicious-looking package. Yeah. They reported it to the police, to which they opened it up and discovered that there was 99 grams of cocaine in there. <gasps> cocaine, Chuck Hughes. So, obviously, you would think that they would repackage it and send it to the guy to obviously see if he would get it right oh straight up yeah because then you can nail him for then you can then you can you know nail him when he's picking up the package and you've got him of course course. red-handed so like here's the thing instead they took the cocaine out and they refilled the 99 grams of icing sugar into the book (laughs) did they (laughs) snort the cocaine before they came up with that idea i mean they probably had to test it (laughs) Whoever had to test it probably came up with the idea. Okay, okay, guys, here's what we do. <laughs> Let's just put icing sugar in it and keep all this for ourselves. I mean, keep all this as evidence. I mean, evidence, so, evidence, evidence, evidence. <laughs> so they put in the icing sugar, and they decided that they were going to still send it to this guy's house. So an undercover officer <laughs> took it over to his house and delivered okay. it. Yeah. Now, he wasn't home, so okay. you would think that they would just wait till he got home and then go and then, you know walk the package to his house to physically hand it to him, right? Yeah, like DHS driver or like FedEx driver would be like, oh, hey, FedEx delivery here for you, and like hand it to him in his hands. So exactly. he's taking it person right. to person. Physically yeah. taking an object. Yeah. Well, instead, they just left it on his doorstep or in his mailbox or whatever, and uh, Dude, did, just left it like a package. It? Nope, no one stole it. Oh, okay, no, no port the, pirates. The guy actually came back in his truck, but instead of going right inside, he went up grabbed the package, got back into his truck, and left. <laughs> okay, okay, so he's, now he's zooting so instead of with, the, uh, his, uh, his right. Harry Potter and the Sorcerer's Coke. Well, it's not full of Coke, it's full of uh, but icing it's, sugar. But, but, so, but it's icing sugar, yeah. So he has his icing sugar, he's driving around, the cops are tailing him, but, you know, not trying to pull him over or anything. He stops yep. at this market, and then towards the edge of the building, he dumps the fucking uh, icing sh- sugar inside, which, you know, obviously he doesn't know is icing sugar, but he dumps it in the 
bushes, and he fucking goes over to the store, and he goes inside and starts buying stuff. Yeah. The cops go in, and they arrest him. <laughs> okay, hold up. Now, <laughs> so wait, here's... So he dumped it in a bush. Yep. Like, he dropped it. He dropped it's out it. out of his possession. When the cops then, did pull him uh, over, yeah. uh, the book was open, so he was out of the book, and it was in some sort of envelope, because he had more of the envelopes. Yeah, so maybe he, like, maybe he, like, tested it in the car, like, he tasted it or something, like, put some on his gums or whatever to see how good it was, right. tasted that it was sugar, and was like, fuck, I need to ditch this, or bail, like, I need to dump this right now, and took it to the bushes, like, to drop see, it there or it whatever. C- see, it could have been that, or it could have been the fact that it was a drop all along, yeah, and he oh, just yeah, needed to get it, and then he was dropping it somewhere else yeah, like where middleman, he could get the yeah. money. Yeah, like, middleman, dead drop or whatever, yeah. But he ended up getting arrested at this market, they fucking... Took him in on trafficking cocaine. <laughs> and that's what he got formally charged with. Now just, He got charged with just, just tra- the only charge the prosecutors went with trafficking cocaine? The only thing they went with was trafficking cocaine. Okay. Now, you know why this is funny? Because <laughs> since they took the cocaine out of the book before giving it to him, which they didn't mm-hmm. even give it to him, they just left it there. In mm-hmm. this guy's possession the entire time was never cocaine. It was only okay. icing sugar. And mm-hmm. since they're only charging him with that, which they made sure of, was only that. No conspiracy, yep. no attempted... The only charge... Hold like on, that. one second, let me check here. Yeah, the only charges that were filed was... The only charge filed was for trafficking cocaine. Which, for that charge in particular, specifically, he did not, because in no point was he in possession of cocaine. Yeah, if no, they had charged had him, cocaine. If they had charged him with attempt to, if they had charged him with conspiracy to traffic or intent yeah. to traffic, or soliciting purchasing or cocaine, solic- if they charge, yeah, if they charged him for buying cocaine, anything like that would have gotten him some kind of charge. But because of that yeah. specific thing, unfortunately, he was acquitted. <laughs> the judge said he did. Well, I mean, fortunately, because technically, I mean, he didn't break the law. And if they're going to follow the law to the letter, I like that judge because he followed the law to the letter because he could have been an asshole and just judged based on intent, even if they weren't charging for intent and he could have like been an asshole about it. But the judge was like, no. Now, (laughs) here's exactly the quotes from the judge are these next couple of statements, which he wrote that despite the man's behavior, there was no case to answer. Noting that there had, you know, in order to be found guilty, he would have had to have performed an act with respect to the actual substance. For a completed offense, it was necessary for the prosecution to prove beyond reasonable doubt that the accused had taken a step as alleged with respect to the controlled substance, not an inert Mm -hmm. substitute posing as a controlled substance, which the judge wrote. All the actions alleged against the accused occurred over the substitution of icing sugar for the cocaine. All the accused had done was to store, transport, or carry icing sugar, which was self-evidently not an offense. Therefore, exactly. the man was acquitted, and yeah, yeah, fucking hilarious. And 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 because and because and the and the thing is, is that he hasn't he now has indemnity from that, like because you can't charge for the same Double exact jeopardy. crime. Like I mean, they can't charge him for the exact same crime again. Like they would have needed to file that charge at the time. Um, which is they the did. mistake a lot of prosecutors make. A lot of prosecutors get really overzealous and they think that they can get a slam dunk like murder charge or whatever and they go for that and the judge is like, no, like it's not a slam dunk and now they're scot-free and you can't charge them for that specific crime again. 
Right. Like you can, like you know, like you can't they even found go back and be like, it. okay, no, they were acquitted, so we can't go back and say, oh no, wait, it was actually manslaughter. Like, no, too late, dude. We already said, like, you know, we you didn't say that. You had your opportunity to say it. You didn't. Right. <laughs> like you know, and so. like they're free. They're free to go for that crime. If you find another crime, then go nuts. Like tax evasion, go for it. You know, <laughs> like. Every get time. Get for tax. I mean, the IRS ain't nothing to fuck with. Wu-Tang Clan and the IRS, two things that ain't nothing to fuck with. <laughs> I'll but, take things that ain't nothing to fuck with for a thousand, Alex, R.I.P. But with all that being said, that is the end of our little news segment, news story, and we're all set here for Weed News Worldwide. Thank you for joining us for that one. Oh, man, I absolutely, absolutely, 100% love, love, love the new segment. It's my favorite part of the show, probably. I mean, that that and the interview segment. But, uh, uh, you know, I love the whole show. Can't really decide. But I do love our sponsors. And you should check out this ad from one of our good sponsors. Hey, buds. You really want to show off your love of marijuana or just really shine at your next smoke session? You really want to go to myhighshop.com for some of the coolest cannabis clothing and accessories. They have shirts, sweats, jewelry, grinders, and even pipes made out of amethyst crystals. You can check them out using the link below and let them know I sent you by using code GOODBUDSCURTIS at checkout. You can save 35% off your entire order and free shipping. Again, that's code GOODBUDSCURTIS at checkout. Thank you to MyHighShop.com, and let's get back to the show. Oh yeah, my high shop. Buy some shit from them. Bum, bum. <laughs> It'll have you feeling good. It'll have me feeling good. Shake. I wonder if it'll have you feeling good, but how are you feeling in this moment? Man, I feel absolutely fantastic. The This strain is really good. Um, it, I feel very balanced, you know what I mean? I feel like I could go outside and do some, like, feng shui, like, fucking, like, you know, stand on the picnic table, like, fucking, like, karate kid style, like, one-footed crane stance, you know, and just chill out. I feel very balanced and even, you know? I don't feel like... It's like if you normalize the audio the, levels on a like on a track. The main, just kinda... the main word there is feel, because I'm pretty sure if you do that, you'd snap at least three bones. Yeah, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. I feel like I could do that. I don't. I don't think I actually could. I probably, if I attempted it, I I feel like my foot would either go through my picnic table or I would end up in a heap on the ground. Um, but no, it's you'd good. end up in great. heat on the ground. Meow. You know it. Meow. Oh. Speaking of heat, Curtis, uh, how you feeling? Any of those tingles yet? I just got them there. <laughs> um, but all in all, I've definitely got that nice, relaxed, uh, body high, kind of euphoric, fucking relaxing. I'm chilling. I'm a little talkative, which is pretty good. Obviously, we got some new, you know, good stuff to talk about here. Yeah. Um, but all in all, I'm feeling pretty good. I'm so happy that I got that fucking redemption. Take another little uh, quick hit right here. I know they really deserved it. And while you take that hit right here, I would actually like to do something. I'd like to try something this week. Hey, buds at home, how are you feeling? Really? Really? Wow. No, we're going Anything to hear else? That. Oh well, I mean, yeah, no, like we'll we'll talk more about that another time. Like, thanks, thanks for sharing that. I appreciate it. Um, so yeah, like, well, uh, bro, I, TMI. <laughs> hey, hey, no, you keep telling us. Oh, the Curtis is gonna back. get more. T- yeah, there's yeah, there's those tangles. But no, that's great, man. I'm glad I'm glad you're feeling great. I'm glad that strain is an awesome redemption for the like. We knew that they had good stuff, you know. Like it's we know that it was gonna be good. You just had to, you just had to get the non-bargain basement. To stuff. break free, 
it just goes to show that the sometimes the VHS bin, you know, that cheap like ninety nine cent VHS tape like with no case bin can get you a gem, but every now and then it gets you like garbage. Dude, dude fuck you. <laughs> that's how I got Rush Hour Two. No, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. You can sometimes you can get a gem, you know, like you buy one of those. I know, but you're, you're hitting, like this is awesome. I know. I'm and saying you're times, hitting a little close to home. <laughs> yeah, but every now and then you get a bad one, right? So this time it was just one of those cases where you grab the bargain bin thing, the 99 cent VHS, and it was it was you know it was I Troll know. Four instead of Troll Three. God, <laughs> see now you're hitting a lot close to home. <laughs> but I think we should go a little further away from home with our very yeah. special guest and our very yeah. good. Interview. 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 Um, we have whatever fucking segment we're getting into. Hey, buds, here we are in the conversation qu- section of the podcast. We are going to be speaking today with Tim Turner of the Post Human Podcast. This is joining us all the way from across the pond. He's got several hours' time distance. If he sounds sleepy, it's that, not the weed. How you doing today, Tim? Extremely good, my <laughs> friend. Extremely good. Oh. <laughs> Extremely good. Oh, that's awesome, and thanks for joining us. Oh, yes. Heard a lot about you, and uh, we've checked out your podcast a little bit, so it's uh, very nice to be talking with you. Thank you for having me on. Uh, that's the very first thing I'll say, and I'm extremely impressed. Again, we spoke a little bit before this recording, but I'll, I'm going to put it on air. You have a very good fucking podcast in regards to smoking cannabis. It is one of probably the Thank best you. out there in terms of animation, production quality, the best we can't say how much we appreciate that thank you very much (laughs) thank you 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 can kiss the chef later (laughs) what's he uh cooking uh whatever's on the menu at my normal job um (laughs) yeah curtis is the cook right so yeah um but before we cook up anything else we do have to ask our good bud from across the flood did part of the world do you partake in cannabis sir absolutely uh there's no doubt about it um, yeah if anybody if anybody's heard his podcast they know uh i normally get through like six or seven joints in my episode so Woo, there you go Smoke. thank you You're have a, a new record to start there, man yeah there we go <laughs> oh yeah but as we always start all of our uh little conversation interviews slash whatever the fuck section i have a bong pack right here of some of that sweet sweet donnie burger and i have a bong pack right here of that sweet, sweet namaste, Durkamata. I am on Stardog. Oh, Stardog! Yeah. Hell yeah! It's another one of those Chemdog crosses. Very popular right yeah, now. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty strong. It's okay. I'm good. I haven't got a bong hit to do with you. I almost poked a hole in one of my old dead cans on the floor. <laughs> uh... Well, you've got. Well, he's got that nice big. You got that nice big joint there, so I'm sure that'll that'll work. Cause all the buds at home, they've got you know, and like Curtis always says, what they is got, it? Uh... They have their various equipment. They have their bongs packed, their bowls packed, their joints rolled, lawns rolled, vapes ready, rigs ready, edibles should have already been eaten at the beginning of the podcast. Yeah, we're in the interview by now. You should already have eaten those. Exactly. <laughs> but with all that, let us bub bub blaze it and tok tok shkaboke. Tok Ooh. Ooh, goodness gumption that is tasty that fucking redemption from deeper roots thank god <sighs> oh yeah last week they kind of disappointed us a little bit extremely disappointing yeah. how's that taste yeah. for you man we had a very average strain last week i was probably the, one of the longest blasts i've took on a spliff in a long while 
Yeah. I there you go. A, Taking uh, big hits for the buds. I was a. Uh, that was pretty long. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. Here's a fun fact from across the pond. Did you know that we are the world's legal, legal supplier of you? Ah, Jesus. This is that spliff now. We are the world's biggest supplier of legal cannabis. Really? Yep. I didn't know that until several weeks ago. I thought it would have been Canada. Turns out it's us, but I don't know where Almost. we're growing it, which is crazy with this little fucking island. Probably outside of Sheffield somewhere. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, but, yeah. Now, is, but, that, um, but... is it exported directly from uh, UK? Yes. Is what you're saying? Only, yeah. only legal. <laughs> Just legal. That's incredible. No, that's that's amazing because I mean I, I know that Colombia. We've covered some news stories recently. Colombia wants to take that crown. I think right now they're uh, they're making a massive governmental push down in Colombia to legalize. Well, it's already legal to grow cannabis down there. And businesses, they're like basically giving massive tax cuts to like all kinds of large scale manufacturers to get them to move their production down to Colombia. Mm. I believe we've talked. They're based. Yeah, we've talked about two Canadian companies right, as of right mm-hmm. now who are doing business where they're growing their cannabis out of Colombia and having it shipped back. Well, the, yeah, two Canadian cannabis companies consuming Colombian cannabis. The weather's great for it. I mean, I'd, I'd assume the fertilizer's got to be fucking crap for growing cannabis there. Yeah. But yeah. in terms of the Well, heat... it's because they have it's because they have like 12 hours and 12 hours of sunlight mm. and like, you know, like night and day, oh, yeah. like the equatorial like, you know, they've got that <laughs> equatorial sunlight. It's uh, perfect conditions, but I'd assume that the fertilizer in terms of the ground wouldn't be great they'd have to uh it's got to be pretty dry probably yeah they'd have to yeah. sort that issue That's oh, yeah. probably what the well that or that or they're just that or they're just going to keep that or they're just going to keep bulldozing the rainforests and growing the weed there that's i mean you know i could do that well they're, they're bulldozing <laughs> it for soy which is kind of crazy <laughs> which is crazy nobody even likes soy i fucking i hate <laughs> it uh it was a fucking free- vegan <laughs> I accidentally got soy in one of my sushi rolls one time, man. I'm telling you, I wanted to eat that thing like a football. I, I ate it for a little bit because I've had ex-partners that ate it. And I was mm-hmm. like, okay, this is kind of good. And then after a little bit of time, I was like, hmm, I actually don't get as much protein from this. And it's yeah. not really right. that great. But... Yeah, it doesn't taste that good. And think about yeah. it. And it's... I was just yeah. having this conversation with my brother, who is a vegan. <laughs> Mm-hmm. How much processing and how much bullshit do they have to throw into tofu to make it taste like a chicken nugget? In all fairness, a lot. A lot. They oh. worry about they. Well, actually, fun fact. Um, I read a study recently. Somebody went to Subway sandwich restaurants, right? Um, I'm sure that yeah. like everybody. I just had one today. The yep, they went into Subway sandwich restaurants and they tested the chicken in the Subway sandwich restaurants, and they found the chicken contained only. 10% real chicken. The rest of it was soy protein. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. So they, they're, even their chicken breasts is actually processed chicken mixed with soy and Maybe. compressed into the shape of a chicken breast. That's... To, and it's soy. It's it's soy. And it's like, and it's one of those things where I get it. It's cool. Like you're co- cost cutting and everything else. But man, I was I was blown away by that, and I was like, I wonder how many chicken nuggets I've eaten through my life that had soy in them. I didn't know. Did you ever about. see the film The Founder? Blown. I don't believe so. so I don't, no. Give me give me a brief synopsis. Michael Michael Keaton. <laughs> it's a very good film. Uh, it talks mm-hmm. about how obviously McDonald's was originally owned by two brothers and then taken over by another yep. guy. Right. But there was a, yep. a moment in there where there was a cost cutting initiative. Mm-hmm. And, uh, that's kind of what it was about making money and 
So you can yeah. Well, I remember uh, they they claimed with the when they got rid of their styrofoam packaging, they claimed it was for environmental reasons because it was good for the environment, but it was actually a cost cutting thing. Going to cardboard was cheaper, so they went to cardboard because it was cheaper. But they didn't want to say, oh, we switched to cardboard because it was cheaper because it'll make you know them look cheap. They don't want to look cheap. So they said, oh, no, no, we did it for the environment. They didn't give a shit about the environment. If styrofoam had stayed cheap, they would have kept it I forgot about the uh, <laughs> styrofoam. I think they still do it on their pancakes here. Oh, really? Oh. I think Burger oh, King cool. still does styrofoam for their pancakes and yeah. and McDonald's when they maybe do it's an insulating. Maybe it's the insulating properties of it or something. They want those They want those pancakes to be uh, nice and warm when it's you get home. It's not a good thing and to nice and, burn, is it? And soggy, too. Nice and soggy. Yeah. And soggy. Mm, nice and soggy. Mm, keep all that mm. moisture in. Yeah, keep it keep it nice and damp. So uh So just branching away from the topic of uh fast food and other other miscellaneous soy soy topics, you have the post human podcast. Now I listened to I listened to some of your podcasts there. It was fantastic, man. It's very loose, very casual. I like oh, yeah. it. Your logo is bitchin'. Thank you very much. Like you've got an awesome logo. Um, we're gonna have links to all of your stuff down below, and we'll give you a chance to talk more about like you know links that you specifically want to pop up there later. But, um, but you've got like really nice like kind of casual, laid back like loose conversational vibe going, and it reminds us a lot of our like conversational portion of the show, but for an entire podcast. Like, what made you decide that you wanted to get into just kind of sitting down doing these nice casual conversations with people talking about so many broad well, topics? It's, I mean. No one's actually asked me that question. I've been a guest on a couple of shows. They've asked me kind of why I've got into podcasting, but not yeah. in that sort of format. Um, yeah. I mean, half of the reason is I kind of want to be a comedian, but I want to be a really bad, poor comedian that isn't <laughs> that funny at all. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> That's honestly, anti-humor is just as funny as humor if it's um, done right. <laughs> a way to kind of do that is to just you know talk to loads of people and sort of riff stuff out and maybe i'll get some bits from it i don't know uh, so yeah. far i've not put it to a process um <laughs> yeah but half of the reason i wanted to do it the way i did so loose was just because i think that's how most people should converse with each other absolutely you're not wrong Mm-hmm. That's uh, why we try yep, our best I, to get as high as we possibly can beforehand, so that way it's just like, yo, what up? Whatever happens, happens. Say words, please. Yeah, hard we to need be scripted the views. when you're baked <laughs> In terms of probability, which is, um, I've, I've so far spoke to 20 people. I've spoke a lot nice. of wild, wacky shit. I've not had a problem so far, which is... Mm. I think kind of... We're, we're still waiting to end up on Keemstar. We really want that drama. <laughs> we're waiting for that hype. Like, it's like, I, I, I'm i thinking about starting to send dick pics to, like, you know, Curtis and Isaac randomly so that one of them reports me to Keemstar and they're like, oh my God, Shank from the Good Buds podcast sent me an unsolicited dick pic. The thing is, they're always solicited and we always want that, them. That's the problem, is they always want them. That's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> See, I would, it would be salacious if they didn't want them. Allegedly. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. It's like, I'm a war criminal. Allegedly. <laughs> Simon Shit. Whistler, shout out to him, man. That's fucking... Love no, that I kind of oh, yeah. also started it as just a hobby. You know, I'd, I'd, yeah. I'd listen to podcasts as well when I was during lockdown. And I was like, well, oh, yeah. anyone could just talk to people and fucking record it. And why not just do it and then just record it and put it out there? You get listeners, you get listeners. You don't, you don't. It's a gamble. But yeah, what's 
and it's a fun hobby anyway. It's fun to do. It's fun to do regardless of whether you have an audience or not. Absolutely. Just kind of getting together and having a having. It's like having an excuse to smoke weed and have fun. That you can be like, no, 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 sorry, I scheduled it. I, you know, it's a priority. You know, and now my leisure is a priority. I don't think I've had a sober episode so far. Not truly <laughs> sober. I've smoked weed yeah. consistently for a very long time. I won't say the mm, exact right. number because I don't want to come. Mm. I don't want to. Uh... We don't date ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, a long time. Um, yeah, we don't we, we don't like to date ourselves here either. Uh, uh, Curtis and I are somewhere between the age of infancy and immortal beings that no, we'll never know. We're, we're somewhere somewhere in that age age range. It's <laughs> with our humor toddler level. Yep. With how you know how expanded our minds are, probably like the uh, creature at the end of two thousand one, a space odyssey that's evolved above all human senses. That's a, it's a very good topic, Kubrick and two thousand one. Oh, any Kubrick movie. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah, you know, you got Curtis's attention. He's an audio. He's an audio my, file or a video my file. logo you talked C- about cinephile. that. That, that cinephile. That cube. Peta- was, no. Yeah. Pedophile. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I only repeated what one of you Alleged- said. Allegedly. I know one of you said that. I didn't just call one of you guys. Uh, well, that no, was that one. Because I, I couldn't think because initially I said audio file. Then I said video file and he said cinephile. And I was like, peta. <laughs> someone, someone said pedophile. Someone. Yeah, I was like, peta. Yeah, I was like, peta. But anyway, Kubrick. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, but anyway, yeah. Stanley Kubrick. <laughs> That's a weird segue. We should put a cut in between there. Just... <laughs> yeah, I think a better one would be Roman Roman Polanski if we were going to use pedophilia you know as what? a segue. But... <laughs> Definitely for yeah, Roman Roman for Polanski. the era anyway, at least. <laughs> yeah, for yeah. But no, Kubrick was like he like he he's one of those people that as an artist I respect his art and I will listen to it or watch it and be like, wow, this is incredible art. But at the same time, if I saw him as a person and he was in the same room as me, I'd probably bitch slap him. You know, I'd probably like open palm. Like he doesn't even get a fist. That that deserves that. Like a fist requires a certain level of respect. Like you know, like I would just open in a hand. Like you know, go up to him. Like how dare you, sir? How dare you, know, you like, treat Shelley Duvall like, that like, way? I can't believe you've done this. Like seriously, I I would just like, just like he just seems like the kind of guy like, on a person level who I would very much not get along with, but his art is incredible, Absolutely. you know? And I'm, and I'm able to separate art from the person because I'm an artist myself and my art stands on its own and I'm a bit of a dickhead. <laughs> so, you know, like, I don't want people judging my music, you know, as dickhead music because it's good music, but, like, you know, or my podcast. But, you know, like, it's one of those things where he's a dickhead, but he made some of the best movies of anyone of all time I think like you don't need to uh, over defend yourself on that issue when you're doing <laughs> yeah you know 50 to 70 takes you know it's it's a little extreme when you're making uh, yeah. your actress literally cry from exhaustion and shit like that it, it's not that extreme i <laughs> yeah my, my last guest on my show i've not dropped the episode yet but we they, yeah. they were film reviewers and we spoke a little bit about uh kubrick because again i'm a huge nice. fan uh, and obviously we spoke about The Shining because they reviewed it. Yep. Uh, Incredibly detailed movie. Absolutely. Um, yep. Doctor Sleep was a little bit less detail-oriented, mm-hmm. but it still nailed a lot of details. But The Shining was a super detail-oriented movie. Doctor man. Sleep played more to the book, whereas The Shining mm-hmm. was, was really a... Yeah, no ending up, but... Yeah, it was, it was a twist. It was a twist on the, on the story. Have you ever yeah. watched uh, the documentary Room 237? Yes. Oh, I yeah, should have mentioned that yeah. earlier. Fucking ugh, douchebag. 
Yeah, that was right, the one man. I was thinking no, of this it's... morning. Uh... Yeah, but no, well, hey, if, uh, there there will be a link to you, to your podcast down below. So the buds, hopefully by the time yeah. this episode airs, this episode will be coming out. Uh, will be uh, what, what is it, Curtis? I can't remember the date that it's coming out, but uh, Monday the twenty eighth. Monday the twenty eighth is when this episode's oh, gonna yeah. drop. So the twenty eighth is when this episode's gonna yeah, come yeah, out. This... So by then, by then it should be live there. So the buds listening to this episode can immediately after this one go on over to the Posthuman podcast and check that one out because I'm sure it's going to be a fucking oh, yeah. awesome episode. Well, we, again, we spoke about the room two, three, seven, and the theaters where, with the hallway yeah. where it goes. You start off downstairs and then it goes upstairs out of nowhere on a turn. Yeah, right. yeah, the, the, yeah, the weird, weird yeah. angles and cinematography. Yeah. And- like, and the and, certain and spots even... where he's just like, hey, I want you to focus on this, even though, you know, yeah, the this is kind of right? happening, but this has nothing to do with it, but this is what I put into the film. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and, and how even how even things in the background kind of mm-hmm. give tells to the back, like, to the, like, basically you can look at things that are in the background of shots that are just, like, they seem like an arbitrary painting on a wall, but it actually is a nod to something that's the history of the Overlook that's relevant to the current story, so right? Much. And, like, it's... And there's so much to it, and, and like the way that they kind of like, I do like the way that they adapted it and changed the story for the film, but they still kind of kept the overall message of like the like the alcoholism and the destruction of family mm. and stuff like that and that kind of thing, um, like but without being too heavy-handed, like by turning it into a visual thing, because the Stephen King novel kind of like. It, it it can spell it out for you literally in words like you know by like you know describing things in a way that only a novel can but in the movie they did a really excellent visualization of One that of the, that's not even, you know like this isn't even all mentioning the fucking apollo 11 theories yeah no oh, we'll get to that the kubrick moon landing oh my god yes my, again as if it would be easier to fake a moon landing in the 70s than actually go to the moon you spoke <laughs> about obviously um you just said that there was a lot of stuff in the background and uh, details, yeah, background, yeah. Uh, and obviously the novel. Uh, um, one of my previous guests mentioned that the novel there was a lot more love from Jack, whereas the film it started off a lot more cold. There was n- yeah. it never seemed like there was a lot of love initially based. Yeah, it didn't. It wasn't a slow. It wasn't as slow of a burn. And I think that's Jack Nicholson's fault mainly because Jack Nicholson's a very intense actor, right? Like, the dude's, like, he, he has a hard time doing anything other than intense. Like, when he sits in a chair and doesn't say anything, he's intense, right? So, I feel like when they had him as the character, like, he was a really great Jack Torrance and everything else and that kind of thing, but I feel like he couldn't play that role as anything other than intense, because even when he's had, like, more tender roles or, like, more romantic roles, even those were very intense yeah. roles. So, so like, I feel like he would have had a hard time displaying the novelization, like, the novel's version of the loving, caring father figure that slowly warps into the Jack Nicholson cynicism, the Jack Nicholson alcoholism kind of the torn, broken man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like it started like right. So yeah, it would have been a lot harder for them to start from the pristine, you know, Stepford Wives like kind of like bubble house, like friendly, bubbly dad next door into the crazy Jack Torrance of the film within the time limits and time constraints of the film. Especially with Jack Nicholson as the actor, because he's a very intense dude, and having him be like a oh hey Danny hey <laughs> bouncing him on his knee, <laughs> I can't see it. I can't see it being anything other than schlocky and cheesy, right? So, um, so they really made a smart decision by kind of like just making him be a little bit more of a cold father. Uh, allude to the previous abuse by talking about Danny's previous broken arm and injuries and stuff, you know, without explicitly spelling out what happened. Right. Um, to do it. 
Um, like, I think they, they made a lot of smart decisions for time constraints with that movie in order to kind of get the story across and kind of uh, keep keep the intensity that is Jack Nicholson in the movie because by the end of the movie, he is the exact level of intense you need for that mm. film. But I don't think he'd be able to do the softer aspect of it. No, no. I think you just summed that up perfectly right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, I've done a lot of thinking about it, man. I, I love that movie too. I'm a big but the uh, moon well. landing. Mm. <laughs> I don't know. There's mm. <laughs> talks. That... Uh, physicists and scientists. Oh, YouTube videos. But there is talks <laughs> that obviously there is yeah, uh, and all the footage burnt up. You know, absolutely. That's yeah. Main, yeah, I know, area. I know. I know. Well, that's the thing. Actually, the one of my favorite things about it is actually it's it's um the, with the history of film is actually a really cool thing to look into. Um, and NASA, actually, this is a connection between NASA and Doctor Who that I fell into one day. It's a weird fucking rabbit hole. But their Doctor Who has been running for so long, right? This show has been on the air for so long that some of the earlier episodes are gone. They don't have any backups of them. They don't have any of the old film footage. They don't have any of, like, they played on TV. But the footage itself is gone. And when they say, where did it go? The film studio's like, fucked if I know. Like, we have a warehouse that's filled with tens of thousands of reels of film. Every now and then, it's like, uh, what was it? Um, Warhammer 40K says that a, an entire star system can be lost due to a clerical error on some bureaucrats. I'm a, hand, I'm right? a fan so, of 40K as well. I yeah, used to do it back in the day. Yeah, so, so, like, yeah, so the bureaucrats, if the bureaucratic society makes a mistake, 40,000, like 4,000 systems can be lost, like forgotten about. The Imperium forgets about it, right? And it's like the same way with this movie, movie studios that have so many backups and storage and everything else. They either record over things because they used to do that. They used to re-record over other uh, videos to, and so it was gone forever. Or they just fucking turfed it, caught it on fire, burned it, lost it, sold it, gave it away. Somebody took it home, and and, and they don't keep any. They never kept any records of it. And NASA was actually the same way up until the 1980s. Up until the 1980s, NASA would actually record over their old footage because they used a certain f format of video that they would only be able to use in their cameras, and it was obscenely expensive, so to save costs, they would record over old footage. And so a lot of old footage from, like, uh, old spacewalks, space missions, uh, satellite footage that they shot from the space down and everything like that that was recorded and saved either has been lost throughout the years by going home with an employee, degrading in some warehouse somewhere, getting mold on it, being burnt in a fire to be disposed of because they didn't need it anymore and they were running out of storage space. And like, and so like people go back now and they go, Hey, I'd really like to see that footage that like, you know, everybody talks about, they saw it in the sixties. I want to see it. And NASA's like, we don't have it. And people are like, well, did you destroy it? Cause it's like, did you ever really have it? And they're like, well, yeah, but fucking dude, if you only have a finite amount of space to store things and an infinite amount of things to store, you're going to need to get rid of sh shit eventually. It's right? data as and well, so, isn't it? Obsolete yeah, it's obsolete. Yeah, they don't need they don't need to see some dude hopping around on the surface of the moon. They've got tons of footage that's relevant, right? Like they've got the pictures of the rock samples. They've got their like essentially their crime scene data, like the ones where they take those little placards and put them on the ground. The like measurement sticks and then take pictures. They've got those. They store those. They kept all of those. You can actually still find them now through the Freedom of Information Act and look at them the original copy if you want to. Um, and. Uh, they still have those, but the shit like where they're like bouncing around or Neil Armstrong saying, and one giant leap for mankind, like that was made for TV. Like it was made to be broadcast for the media and for news. They don't need to store that or keep that. Um, they would hope that the studio that they sent it to would keep it. But again, they don't have any responsibility to keep it either. If they don't need it anymore, they're going to throw it out. 
So we end up with so much of our history, especially video history, that people have seen with their own eyes. It's gone. Forever. It's almost like, like it'll never you'd be recording your podcast now to put it on an eight track. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. And, and once we, you know, once I've got my entire house full of eight tracks, I'm going to need to start tossing out some of those eight tracks, right? Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Like, like you know or record over them you know or like you know like have like a set a finite amount like i only have 108 tracks once i get to episode 101 episode one's getting recorded over I thought and it's gone. That somewhere down the line there's some sort of doctor who geek that's probably got them all on vhs sealed away because they found some i yeah. have for some stupid mm-hmm. reason that's yeah weirdly unknown i found them <clears throat> literally found them I have the original yeah. like Star Trek on VHS, and some of them are still sealed in the packaging. Oh wow, uh, man! Which is and it's the whole like one the original series like start to finish, like yeah. So three, uh, what was it? Yeah, so three, it was three, four, four, five, and six, there's, right? Uh, have yeah. a lot of them. Um, no, yeah, because uh, yeah, there's a lot of them now. But the originals, the ones that came out back in the back yeah, in the seventies, that, that was that was four, five, that was four, five, and six that came out I back think, then, right? And that's the original trilogy. Yeah, now I've got like the original VHS, like one to fifty-seven. <gasps> there's like a shit ton of them, but they, obviously they that's did amazing. some other stuff, I think. But I was never a fan, and I can't watch them because some of them are still sealed. But I actually found the box of them, which is that's wild and and that's the thing too is actually like doctor who um there was an episode that got recovered um it was an episode from i think it was sometime in it was either the 60s or 70s i don't know i'd have to look it up and i don't want to waste my time doing it right now and it doesn't really matter (laughs) um but it does not really relevant to it but this old episode that that the producers of the show the studio bbc themselves everybody said no it's gone it's gone it was in a warehouse the warehouse ended up being sold or something like that and there was a bunch of stuff left behind and whatever happened to it happened to it the people that bought it might have thrown it in a dumpster they might have taken it home we don't know we have no way of tracking them down it's gone and people looked for years trying to find it they ended up finding it in an old garage sale some old lady had this reel like a film reel it was unmarked film reel for sale at a garage sale or something like that boot sale or something and this person bought it, and when they checked what was on the film, it was a Doctor Who episode. And they were like, oh, this is really cool. So they got it scanned and looked into. And um, <clears throat> basically, uh, yeah, it turned out it was one of the missing episodes of Doctor Who. Um, and so they, the BBC, I somehow got it back. I think they bought it back from the person. And they they were going to do, like, redo it and, like, fix it up and, like, clean it up and put it back out again so that Doctor Who fans could see it. And it's the same way with NASA, right? Like, they find old footage all the time that they're like, shit, we forgot we had this. You know, it's it's like the Smithsonian Museum. I think they have uh, something like forty or 50,000 artifacts that are in storage right now, and not all of them have been cataloged yet. So there are things in the Smithsonian Museum, not even employees who've worked there for, like, 30 or 40 years know about. That's the same for, like... Like, they're just sitting in a the drawer. The Vatican's the same. There's a massive information. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And we vaults. can't even view it and... There's again the Smithsonian's a, a, a great example because, like you said, there's a lot of data that we've not been able to collect. <clears throat> yeah. A lot of data. Oh, it is. So, yeah, let's, no. uh, quick little change of subject here just because we are a cannabis themed podcast. Yeah, I was going to get onto some. That. Little, I am a little oh, bit interested. Course. So how exactly is the cannabis system in the UK? Obviously, you're exporting a lot of it legally. How is it for citizens to implement? We just have to buy it illegally. 
it's still still <laughs> illegal there. Yep. Yeah. Bet. Yeah. And as we always say on the po- as we always say on the podcast, everything that we do in our stories or anything like that is fully legal at the time that we did it, whether it was legal or CBD, not. CBD, but it's legal. Oh, yeah. There you go. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, diet weed. Yeah. <laughs> Which is what I'm smoking uh, right now, completely. Yeah. Is it uh <laughs> just CBD by itself or is it uh Delta Eight? Uh, by chance, do you know? It's it's just normal CBD, like bud, right. like yeah. herb. Just CBD flour, uh, yeah. So just regular CBD flour, yeah. Because um, uh, over in the US, they do uh, C- they do uh, Delta Eight, which is extracted from uh, from the CBD flour, like from that, hemp flour. That point two percent of the hemp flour that you know says has THC contains THC. It's essentially that extracted, turned into a vape cartridge or edible concentrate. I mean, occasionally, yeah. you can get. Uh, again, there's a lot of places you can buy legal cannabis, you know, yeah. and you can occasionally get some that's got like that 0.2 to maybe 0.8% THC. Yeah. Yeah. It's still pretty, to be honest, it's pretty good. Yeah. It's not, yeah, it's not bad. It's better than nothing. You know what they say? Uh, what they say? Pizza is like, se- pizza is like sex and like weed, you know, even if you had bad pizza, you still had pizza. Mm, maybe. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah no but yeah it's not it, it is preferable and we obviously are very very strong advocates for worldwide legalization we think oh. internationally cannabis should be free and clear for anybody in the world to smoke so, because god knows we need it we talk about again I, i've not had to talk to anybody well i've talked to a couple of people about cannabis but i've not mentioned this guy howard marks yep you know who he is? No, no, doesn't ring a bell to me, unfortunately. Mr. Nice. Mr. Nice. I don't know. It's, a, it's sounding familiar. Like I sound like a uh, refresh my memory. Refresh my memory so I can. Uh, I want to be on. He the was scene. one of the uh, world's biggest cannabis exporters in history. Uh, oh shit! Yes. Okay. Now I know who you're talking Howard about. Marks. <laughs> yeah. Now I know who you're talking about. From yeah. Wales. And, yeah, he's from Wales. Yeah. Yeah, and uh, I know, like, it's it's so funny because I've noticed a lot of hypocrisy in the law over there about cannabis and stuff like that because the government is okay with exporting and everything and getting tax dollars from sale and export, um, but they don't believe that it's something that anybody should do, right? And I'm, I've never been an advocate of make a gun if you're not willing to shoot it, you know? Like, I mean, I'm not going to make a weapon and hand it off to somebody else to use if I, like, you know, like... Like that, if I'm not willing to use it myself, right? So it's the same way with cannabis. I'm not going to grow a plant for the... Ex- it's like, That's like making... That's like, in my opinion, that's like cooking crack to sell to crack addicts and being like, I'm not going to smoke crack because smoking crack is bad, but I'm okay with selling it, you know? Like, you know, it's... it's it's You can't have both sides of the dice, especially if you're a politician and you're looking out for what's best for your people. You know, you basically say, this is what obviously is good. Cannabis legalization, it works for the rest of the world. It'll work here too. Right, you know, like how are your cannabis growing skills? They're okay, not not top notch. I don't have a black thumb, but I don't have a green thumb. Um, and honestly, it's the access of it is so easy for me here that frankly, it just makes way more sense for me not like I've got so many other things on the go, like hobbies, times, and like I've got like a like a job that I work, make music, podcast, everything else. So I don't really have time to dedicate to a proper grow. Like to something I would be able to care for and you know tend to, and so I I, I tend to let the professionals take care of that for me. But I have grown a few times. 
Yeah, I've I have grown a few times in the past, and uh, I have a couple very close friends that grow some fantastic, fantastic cannabis. Uh, it's uh, actually some UK cheese uh, mm. is one of his favorite strains to grow. That's becoming quite uh, big in America. Mm -hmm. it's, oh, blew up um, and came out of nowhere. Because in the UK, it's it was around for ages, and it's so cheap. Uh, everyone used to grow cheese back in the day. Yeah. Well, it is a quick grow. I think it's like a, it's Fast. like a, like a very super, quick super turn. Fast. Yeah, very quick turnaround. Yeah, very and high, high yield yeah, plant, right? So, yield. yeah, yeah, high yield. Uh, speaking of high smell. yield, I don't know if, you... yeah, oh, it smells delicious. I have love you it. Tried uh, blue cheese. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Both of us have uh, tried blue One cheese of in the past. Yeah. Favorite weeds. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm liking I'm liking what they're doing now with a lot of the different uh, strains. Like you were saying, you're smoking a dog strain today, yeah, right? Uh, this is a uh, this is a, oh fucking oh, star dog. Star dog, yeah. And I know that uh, with with dog, like I I remember Curtis and I when we were covering a new segment there a little while back. Um, I forget which episode it was, but I remember we were talking about uh, strains that are really popular, um, like overseas, right? And they were saying that the most popular strain right now in the UK and surrounding areas, like, of Europe, is Chemdog. And Chemdog strains. Uh, so, like, Chemdog is, like, the number one top-selling right now strain in those areas. And uh, people were like, you know, like, a few people were like, oh, why would that be? Why would that be? Blah, 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 and stuff like that. And, like, again, every single person was like, it grows super mm. fucking fast, and there's a lot of it. Yeah. And it smells good and smokes great. Why would you not grow a ton yeah, of it? Yeah, as well. Dense buds, plus yeah, it's easily growable and more like accessible us. in the, uh, <laughs> you know, climate. In America here, one of the top strains right now is between Gorilla Glue number four and mm. uh, mm -hmm. Gelato. Love yeah, I love the two of those Gelato are kind is, of oh. mixed into everything <clears throat> now, which I love. Gelato. Gelato went viral. Bang again. Bang mm -hmm. oh, yeah. That strain went viral, man. When they made that strain, like, because it came out of nowhere. Mm. I remember, I remember when they first first made Gelato. They were like, oh, it's this new strain called gelato and i was like oh cool and like then literally within less than a year everyone was like gelato gelato gotta get gelato i even still have my packaging here from a past episode we had bubblegum gelato oh. mm -hmm. oh, nice. that was a good episode <clears throat> i've just sent obviously you, uh, in michigan able to get that in a dispensary oh shit that looks I've nice just sent you some pictures from way, I see that they're they're in the they're in the buds. Way back when, you you'll have to delete them. <laughs> oh yeah, don't worry about that. Don't worry about that. Um, well, if anything, to be fair, this podcast is being you are broadcasting yeah. to us from a completely undisclosed location. <laughs> um, he's actually in he's actually in a fourth yeah. dimensional pocket would, outside of reality. Right? You'd, no, he, so. you'd never be able to find that location of where it was taken anyway, so it'd make no <laughs> difference whatsoever. We won't post it anywhere, and those will be deleted. I'll, I'll get rid of I'll get rid of those. Yeah, but that, those are some nice. He's currently nice, broadcasting nice from that uh, abandoned military thing that was a country four different times. <laughs> yeah, it's one. Oh what? yeah, was it not not Gibraltar? No, um, uh, it's what is it? like. Sea World or Sea Land or some stuff. Oh yeah, 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 Sea Land. Like the fucking bunch of the pirate radio people went out there and started exactly. their own pirate radio station in the middle of the Lights ocean. Out. International pirate waters. radio. That's where I am. I'm exactly. Right now. It's true. When, See, because I broadcast, because when I record, I'm always recording. My office is actually in a fourth dimensional pocket. I go behind a bookshelf in my house. I don't open it or anything. I just slide in the crack behind I'll there. I do that occasionally because I'm so thin. Yeah, and I just and I go into a fourth dimensional pocket, and that's where I keep my office. Well, so, I, I tend to walk through doorways and enter parallel dimensions. So it's, perfect. You know, 
perfect. See, that's how that's how everything we do is legal. Because in parallel dimensions, everything is legal. I do this that is as well, but odd. usually I usually my studio is up at the North Pole, so that way it's always four twenty. That's <laughs> true. It's true. That's where we actually keep the studio proper. Because it's because because Curtis is he he keeps his studio North Pole, so it's always four twenty. I keep mine in a fourth dimensional pocket where it's always four twenty. And so, you know, like, it's just time never changes. We just perpetually stay same time. All the time. It's true. That's why our animated characters never age. Don't get me into the fifth dimension shit. That's just a whole a whole new time of fun. Dimension. Yeah, that's... Yeah, oh, don't even get me started on that seventh dimension. Shit, I went there twice last Tuesday. I will sit here and casually explain 11 dimensions. Don't tempt me. So anyway, buds. Yeah. Forget about the... It's like, oh man, the sixth dimension's where it's at. I went there last Thursday, or I went there next Thursday, and it was awesome. I take it you're the you uh, TikTok time travelers. That's what you're doing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love that shit. I love that. Uh, maybe Vine. No, we're not going to start an ARG, buds. Don't worry. No, we're from Vine. <laughs> it's just we're from a different dimension where it's still wrong. Yeah, we're from an alternate timeline where Vine is still going. Yeah. <laughs> Vine Vine never got shut down in our in our timeline. In the timeline I'm yeah. from, rotten.com never got shut down. <sighs> I remember that site, man. I remember that site back in the day when you'd like, you know, back when you in the day when I'd use more than Reddit and Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's it's like shit, dude. I mean, it's once again it's that whole like, you know, if someone who's a professional can do it for me, there are like cave trolling people that literally spend all day trolling the internet for the most interesting things they can find so they can post it on Reddit. Why would I go anywhere else? Like those dudes are the they're the experts ever, on internet uh, content. Seen the uh, page black magic fuckery and it's just got loads of weird crazy videos of um, just oh unex- yeah like dude walk like a car yeah, running away from cops or something like that crazy. and then it drives through a fence mm. or some shit like that and the cop car is like whoa and you see yeah. Yeah. have you seen the one of the, the cats there's like a cat that runs down a bit of a wall and then runs down another wall and then it essentially looks like it lights a fire and then runs off yeah that's a yeah, weird yeah. video it's like weird and i remember i remember on reddit i think i saw that one on reddit and that was actually what that was from was i, I saw in the comments someone had said that the person was filming through glass oh, i didn't see that they were filming through glass so it made the angles look weird and like reflections and shit like that could have caused and i was like i was like yeah it's a potential explanation i was like it could be magic or it could you know be weird fucking camera fuckery because I remember, like, I've read so many articles about, like, camera artifacting and stuff like that and everything else and, like, video artifacts and, like, how, like, a lot of, like, ghost sightings, like, when people are in houses and they see, like, they take a picture and they see a ghost, like, it's just a fundamental misunderstanding about how photography works and, like, how, like, light sensors work in digital cameras versus, like, actual film and everything else and, like, it's a, like, misunderstanding of how light is picked up by sensors as opposed to our it's eyes. It's like refraction in a way. Yeah, refraction in a way, yeah. So, like, you can take a picture of a window, and your flash can go off, and you won't see anything. Like, you know, like, if, like, for example, you take a, you use a DSLR, and you take a picture of a window, and, you know, your flash goes off, and you see the flash on the window frame and stuff like that, and then when you look at the actual picture, the flash might not be where you saw it with your eyes. The flash might be on the wall, or, like, it might be, like, on because it comes back and hits the lens, and when it hits the glass of the lens, it could appear... In different positions so you end up with like ghost orbs which are really just light artifacts on the digital cameras like lens like or sensor when it's recording in low light mode like when it's in low light mode which all of the ghost orb pictures i've never seen one that wasn't in black and white night vision 
And it's because it's picking up infrared. And when it does that, it, it's it's refracting the light off the lens of the camera to make a weird orb in the picture that just doesn't look like it should be there. They're like, there was no dust or anything. It's like, I know, it's light. So you don't believe <laughs> that that cat was like... It could have. It could have been. Like I said, it could be magic or it could be fuckery. <laughs> and I think, I think that it's an interesting film to watch regardless of what caused it. Like, you know, like regardless of whether... It was some kind of supernatural phenomena or some kind of weird camera trickery. Now, I think that the fact that it's amusing is all that matters. Now, you guys seem to also have forgotten the possibility of all ghost orbs are actually just J.J. Abrams. <laughs> True, yeah, inserting lens flare. Lens flare on life. Yeah, more lens flare. Surprise! More lens flare. It just happened in yeah, post-production. It could be, it could so... be the spirit... It's it is that's another theory, Curtis. We're putting that out there. It's Official four, canon for the Good Buds podcast. It's fourth dimensional J.J. Abrams sprinkling yep. light flares on. Uh, lens he's doing that thing from the end of that movie with uh, he's doing the the thing. What's that movie? Uh, Interstellar. He's doing the thing from the oh, end of that where he was film. behind the bookshelf. Yeah, so he's doing the thing where he was behind the bookshelf in the fourth dimensional space, but instead of like instead of pushing books out to send a message about love, he's basically inserting lens flare into our pictures. <laughs> I still think that, Curtis, that you're pushing this multi-dimensional theory. There's some, there's oh, something to love, this. Yeah. I think you, you're a big fan. True. I'd like to, I'd like to hear more. <laughs> I, um, I would love to tell more, but uh, <laughs> we're getting a little short on time for our podcast right now. So, either you'd have to come back on, or you'd have to invite me on yours, and I would love to tell you a little bit more. Ooh, well, by all means, you know, you're more than welcome to come, come on mine. Hell yeah, man! We would love, we would love to hop, we would love to hop, skip, and jump over to yours. Uh, I'm pretty sure if I toss Curtis hard enough, we can just get him to skip across the water all the way to you. <laughs> I'm hydrodynamically designed. It's true. He has the he has that same layer that ducks have on them. <laughs> he just, you know, like so he just hydro like a, hydrodynamic, an he aquatic just... land mammal. It's true. That's the yes. second reason Some why of... girls call me the mallard in bed. <laughs> <laughs> That and his corkscrew-shaped penis. Hey. <laughs> but uh, is it a cheese wheel? Is it a corkscrew? You'll never know. Um, but uh, but no, man, we would love to come on your show if you want. And we'd love to have you back on ours, man. This has been a hoot. It's been awesome. No, it's all good. It's been a great I time. just didn't know how long your guys' show was. Again, you know, I'm... Uh... Yeah. Well, we do two, two two hours for the total episode, but usually the interview is about thirty minutes to forty five minutes ish. We we try to run between, uh, make it close to a two hour episode. We don't mind going over a little bit every now and then, but we try to keep it consistent. Mm. No, that's all cool. Well, then thank you very much for having me on. Um... Absolutely. But before we go, uh, I do got one more bong pack right here. Okay. Yeah, and I have a bong here right in my hand, and uh, this is the section of the show now. This is one of my favorite parts of the show, Tim. Um, it is where you get to tell all of the buds at home everything that you would like them to click on. If you have anything you would like to shout out, anybody you would like to shout out, any um, anything you'd like to say that you've got upcoming mm -hmm. events, any upcoming podcasts, upcoming shows, interviews, whatever you want to talk about, your Instagram, your socials. Yeah, you can pretty much now's your just chance. follow me. <clears throat> Follow me. Um, no, that's all cool. We're just going to take it to. Obviously, I'm on all the normal platforms, just the Posthuman podcast. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Posthuman Tim. Uh, Patreon. Got Patreon as well. <laughs> just setting up now. Uh, nice. Again, Posthuman podcast. It's just all pretty much the same name on all platforms. <laughs> That's fantastic. And we will have some links down below for you buds at home. So, all of you buds who are interested in checking him out, which should be all of you at this point. Click on those links down there. 
let them know the good bud sent you. We really hmm. appreciate and it. If, oh, I will say it that if anyone out there wants to come on my show, you can shoot me an email. Again, posthumanpodcast at gmail.com, and you can just come the fuck on, and we'll book you in. Yeah. But, he found me on Reddit. I mean, shit, you know, so just hit him up. Tim Tim loves talking. That's so, how I mean, it works. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Yeah. Good shit. Yeah, so so thank you so much for being on the show again. I'd like to remind the buds now to like, comment, subscribe. Let us know if you want to see anything in the future like this. Uh, let us know. Uh, I'd like thank thank Tim for coming on if you'd like to uh, down in the comments below. And make sure to check us out on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of our socials, so that you can uh, keep up to date when we upload all kinds of new miscellaneous shit for you buds. Thanks very much for exactly. having me on. It's been oh, yeah. uh, a good smoke. Oh yeah. And with to all the buds, we'll roll one for the road, and we will see you next week on YouTube, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening from. Thank you for listening. And thanks, buds. Later. Later.